on Sagittarian matters. Punk, tarot cards, Miami, porcelain clown dolls, making a living, and more. With my guest, Christy C. Road. Stay tuned. from Los Angeles. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day. Um, For better or for worse, over the past month, I have had the words of leprechaun stuck in my head. Do you remember that movie? The series of movies that came out, I believe in the late 90s, early 2000s. I very unfortunately saw at least one of them in the theater, several of them on, I believe, VHS tape, including the original, where he said things like, I'll take me shillings or there'll be some killings. And then one of the sequels, the title of which I will not mention, he said, A friend with weed is a friend indeed. These are the things that have been stuck in my head. Also him saying, I'm a lep in the hood and I'm up to no good. I'm so sorry to you if you are Irish, Irish American, or an actual leprechaun that uh, this even exists. Anyway, in other news... There's a soy creamer drought in Los Angeles and in Portland. Wildwood soy creamer is missing. Trader Joe's soy creamer is largely missing. If you find it, hoard it. Because I'm not getting answers from Wildwood. I'm not getting answers from Trader Joe's. And I'll be damned if I'm going to drink silk or coconut creamer or almond creamer in my coffee. I may as well quit coffee. Why don't I just start drinking, I don't know, green tea? kind of person would I be if I drank green tea? This would have to be like a speaking of faith with Krista Tibbet if I can't find soy creamer. Um, anyway, in other news, I talked to Christy Road this week. Christy Road is a very old friend of mine. I love her very dearly. And in fact, we are co-parents to a very special someone, which I'm going to talk about at the top of the interview. In doing this, I realize that my version of Sophia Petrillo's trademark, Picture It, Sicily, 1937, is me saying, Picture It, Portland, Oregon, a punk house, the year 2000. Um, so I will be starting the podcast that way this week. I wish you a happy belated St. Patrick's Day. I hope you find a lot of soy creamer. If you have some tips or some intel, you can tell us. We won't tell anybody if it's insider intel. If you're a whistleblower for the soy creamer industry, please know that you're safe with us and uh, hope you have a good week. Christy C. Road is a Cuban-American artist, writer, and musician. She's the author of the books Indestructible, Bad Habits, and Spit and Passion. And she joined me from the Sister Spit Tour, where she was promoting her most recent project, The Next World Tarot. Christy currently fronts the punk band Choked Up, and you can find her on Instagram or at croadcore.org. The year is the year 2000. I go to a punk house called The Danger Zone in Portland, Oregon. I'm there and everyone's like, oh my God, (laughs) I just played a joke on my roommate by putting this creepy ass doll in her bed. So when she got home from the bar, there was this porcelain clown doll in her bed and it's like so freaking scary. 
And I was like, what's the porcelain clown doll? And they're like, oh my God, it's named Francois. It belonged to our roommate and it was their only friend when their parents got divorced and they would cry to this doll and then their sister sent it in a box. And then it's like so creepy. We all make fun of it. And I was like, but that doll was like that person's best friend. And it was like had a place of honor in their life. And now it's like a joke. And I felt bad for Francois. And I was cuddling Francois. And then I left. And a few weeks later at my house, uh, on my porch of my house, there was this little clown doll with a beautiful bowl cut and velveteen overalls that had a picture of frame pictures and had a note in its overalls that said, my name's Francois. I, will you be my mommy? I speak French. And I adopted Francois. And I had a little tiny chair next to the fireplace where Francois would sit. One time my girlfriend and I got stoned and my girlfriend was like, I can see his feet, her feet moving. Yeah, I believe that. I don't remember how this happened, but I was on tour with Christy or Christy stayed at my house and fell in love with we Francois. Tour. Well, we were on tour, but I did. I did. I did fall in love with Francois. But how? I can't remember. But- I mean, I just, I like creepy dolls. Yeah. I'm, Child's Play was is like one of my all-time favorite <laughs> movies. When it came out, 1990 or 89, that's when I became an adult woman. I was just like, my, 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 all my energies were awoken and creepy dolls give me life. But anyhow, um, on our first tour, Sisters Fit 2007 together, our first tour together, I had Francois' haircut. Oh, yeah. I had a red bob with bangs that covered my eyebrows. I had no eyebrows. Oh, you have such beautiful eyebrows. Thank God they're back. Thank you. Thank you. I know. They're so happy. But yeah, I had no eyebrows. And I would do this thing, but I had, like, I had enough bob to do like my fancy bang. But when I put it down, it was like this bob. And you were always like, you look like Francois. <laughs> and you started calling me Francois. And then... I moved to my new apartment in New York City that I live in now, still, 2007. Congratulations, Christy. Congratulations, Christy. Your landlord's really cool. So I'm fucking, I just move in. I'm there for like three days. And then this box arrives and I open it and I pull out this baby clown who fits in my <laughs> hands like a human child. And I feel his. <laughs> velveteen overalls <laughs> and i know that we have a lifelong companionship ahead of us and so francois now sits in a shelf with my journals like he watches over every experience i've ever had in my entire life so what's that for on how's that for honor this is you the know? child we had together yeah it's our child francois and sometimes he'll be like I'm Francois. Will you hang out with me? Oh, he doesn't say hang out. That's too modern. Yeah. Will you play with me? Can we spend time together? Is that what his voice sounds like? Um, Bonjour. Bonjour. Bonjour, Francois. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I used to put Francois. I didn't. Francois would sit on the couch sometimes. And... Um, like I would go leave the house and then people would come home and be like, how did Francois get to the couch? <laughs> this is, I, I did, I had an ex-girlfriend who was like, you know, I think you were a great roommate and person to live with except for your creepy art. <laughs> like there were certain things You're I next had. level about it. I'm more, I'm like a tropical grandma. Oh, like Francois that. literally is my only like 
creepy doll that is like I don't know. I guess I have some other creepy dolls, but they're I don't know. I think that my my home decor is is mostly like like vintage pictures of like women in rock mm-hmm. and like tropical like seashells. And but then, then you- every now and then in like a shelf in a corner, it's like what's that little clown or like <laughs> what's that um baby deer with red eyes um like hiding behind your like sophisticated tropical rock um cheetah print ensemble i just knew that you would take really good care of francois and that francois would be safe with you and yeah. i knew that if you ever tired of him you would just send him back yeah. to me and he would be okay he wouldn't I get also donated appreciate your love of creepy animals by the way i didn't oh. mean it in a like i don't no, like no, creepy no. animals no, no i just meant it in like you know you're the queen that's it thanks my friend look at this uh, Christy's picking up something. That's actually my free. That's my free box. My box of things. Somebody gave me this. It's There's a, even beautiful things in the free box. It's a ceramic. Um, don't narrate all of it because some of it might be from friends of mine that listen to the podcast. But it's a ceramic dog uh, touching a boot that is a planter. Fuck. And it's he's looking for a good home. Just so you know. You and I uh, are similar in that we've both more or less. We we've. I don't know. I've supported myself as an artist, but I've also always had side hustles, side jobs to pay the bills so that, you know, if worse came to worse, my art wouldn't have that burden upon it. And I feel like, you know, there's no shame in having day jobs. And so I've always had day jobs. And when people, I feel like transparency is important because when people just from the outside see like, oh, you're just doing your work. And then magically you live indoors and have like food and shelter and a car and whatever, just from doing comics. I'm like, well, it's not that. It's not that cut and dry. There's always a lot of other things that I'm doing that have nothing to do with sitting down at my desk drawing. So I wonder, how have you supported yourself and with your art and um, kind of adjacent to your art? Um, it's always, yeah, it's super been fluctuating forever. Um, in um, like 2000 and whatever. I, I mean, back in the day when like rent was nothing, I used to sell Ren and Stimpy VHS tapes on eBay for a hundred dollars. <laughs> ones that you had taped, or ones that you found in thrift stores? Or no, something? all of them. I taped every single one. I was a wild fan, and I recorded. Every, I would be there seven, nine p.m. and and eleven a.m. You know, in the beginning, Nickelodeon Saturday Night Snick. Oh yeah, new episode. Snick. Record it. So they would get these fucking tapes with commercials and like really shitty tracking, oh my God. and they would like p- give me horrible reviews. But sales kept coming. I kept selling them. I hope I don't go to jail now. You won't. Um, but yeah, you know. Then I left Florida and I left Philly, and you know there was always random jobs. The Nayral job I had, and but then I was always like. Okay, well, I'll teach. I really love teaching and lecturing and workshops. I really love doing workshops. And I the first zine workshop I did was probably in, like, 2004. And um, I just kind of have been doing that on the side forever. And and then, you know, a lot of the time it's not even a workshop. It's, you know, it's like an honor to get asked to do lectures for your work in colleges because they're, like, teaching your book or something. And But even when that has been happening, I'm not financially stable. Like, it's... You know, you get like a $1,500 gig from a private school, you know, Evergreen flies you out and you get this money and then that's your rent and your your food and I buying, buying Chippy's food before tour, it was like $200 and it's just like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's not predictable is the other thing. And so 
Um, and then I was always cocktailing. I was always cocktailing, different variations of cocktailing. Does that different... mean cocktail waitressing? Yes, yes. Or being cocktail a waitressing, okay. waitressing um, of different, um, of different styles, of different places, different outfits. Um, and then it got emotionally exhausting because I was very. It was the it was the year I was very depressed and very butch, and it it was a job that was very reliant on being femme and being friendly. And, like, I was sad and butch and just quit. I got fired, actually, because I was always on tour. And then I stopped touring. I just, I had this whole, like, Saturn return. The Saturn return happened, and I was, like, I was obsessed. I want to get married and have a kid, like, right there. And my book, Spit and Passion, had come out, and I was just so not emotionally, like, present for the release. And it sucks because it's about Green Day, and it's, you know, I feel like I could have, like, raised the bar in the release and, like, made something really epic and, like, um, but we were all sad. Green Day were probably sad, too. It was just a shitty year. Who was not sad in 2012? I don't fucking know. It was a fucking dumbass time. And, like, um, so I just really needed a life change. Like, I just hit kind of emotional rock bottom around then. And, um, and then, you know, just got into my, um, um, ancestral magic and started getting deeper into the tarot deck. I had, like, vaguely started working on it. Are you, Michelle T and I had, Michelle T had asked me to do it in the beginning and that's how it all started. And then we parted ways and she had to focus on her tarot project. And it was also, you know, it was just kind of meant to be in a way, like we needed to do our things. And I love that you um, still did it though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing. I, by the time I kept going, I had already fallen in love with it. Like in the beginning, I was like, this is a really cool commission. But then after... Connecting to my ancestral magic, it became so magical. It was like, I'm going to put all my spirits in this shit. I'm going to ask the people I'm drawing, like, what what ancestral magic they want to implement. And it well, just became a lot more. Wait, let's talk about this about for a that. second. Because every card is based off of a real person, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them ask, I want to do this. I want to do this. And some of them are collaborations. Um my favorite collaboration that I always want to say because people appreciate, like, was the is the lovers card. Um, my friend who's in it was we were like discussing how we wanted the pose to look, and first, and I was like, let's make it all about like you. Let's make the lovers all about like yes, we have all these choices, we have all these things, but the choice we want to make is the one that honors you and the one that is about your truth. And it could be like three lovers who are really awesome, but it could also be. But it's all based on your truth. So let's make it all about you. And we were throwing around all these ideas. And um, um, I know that, like, they had brought up the mirror, looking in the mirror. And I was like, what if you're, like, walking out of the mirror and you're, like, interacting? Like, you're both human-sized. Like, it's not just, like, a reflection on a mirror. And then um, my friend proposed um, handing the spoons over. And that, I think, is the most, like, beautiful thing. And when people compliment it or bring it up, I always have to be like, that was not even my original, like, that wasn't, like, my idea, but but it needed to be in there. It was, like, it was, like, it's the, only, it's the thing that makes the concept, like, the most vulnerable and the most real and not just about, like, um you know, making choices that give you money or happiness. It's like make give, making choices that like honor your whole body and your whole being and like, you know, like are able to like sustain you. 
Are um, there some cards that are super harsh to get? And if that's and then the, how did you choose who would pose for those cards? Um, well, I think the old, some cards are harsh, but you know we've got some harsh friends who are like the, some of my friends were like, I want to be the really sad card, and like I want to go to this sad place and. Um, you know, and it's a lot of the, my definitions of the cards are like, yes, it's like, there's this sad reality you're experiencing where you're so focused on a loss, but now it is the, this is a, a good omen to start healing and to start focusing on what you still have and what you are able to work through. And then another one would be like the... Eight of swords <laughs> and like nine of swords. Ponyo just growled. Ponyo just. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ponyo got on Christy's lap, and then when Christy tried to adjust Ponyo, Ponyo growled at her and then was apologizing by jumping at her face to lick her. Is that accurate? And now Ponyo's licking the guest's face. Today's episode is brought to you by Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Michelle Lemoyne. Ken Volante, Mary Pinson, Tony Pinto, Jill Soloway, and Christy Herod. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $500, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's Ponyo's voice. Ponyo, All get right, down. let's finish the story. We're finishing what the story. Wait, so the, so the deck is made up. It's like queer people, artists, people of color, activists, people of different body types, people of different abilities. What other kinds of people? Punks. Um... I'm just yeah. like, how is this? This deck is different than other decks I've seen in these particular ways. Like, you might see people you admire when you pull a card. Yeah. You might see people you know when you pull a card. Yeah. I. It's 78 cards, so it's a lot of people, um, mostly from New York, California, and Florida, the places that I um, live in on and off, back and forth. New York is my home, though, so there's a lot of New York people um and yeah it's it's like it in the beginning it was like let's draw queer punks let's draw queers being wild and then it you know when you when you're when you're doing this project and you have a following and you know people are looking forward to the project um this is the the thing about it like i do this with every project where i care about how it'll be received as far as um, being inclusive and it making sense. And the first, my first experience with that was like writing about punk. Like, how do I write about punk without being a fucking chode? And like mm. being like, and then we went to the fucking show and like, like just talking about stuff without explaining it is something that I would do when I was writing zines and stuff. And, you know, if you want to reach out to different audiences, is you kind of have to give a little background on like what is dumpster diving. Or, like, what is a butt flap? And you got to explain stuff. And um, so... Sorry. No, you're, so you... I what I was we were talking about the 
tarot deck, and first it was just queer punks. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Now you're explaining what a butt flap is. A butt flap, I know, I'm sorry, I'm a Gemini. It's so when you're sitting in the gutter yeah. with your gutter punk pants, because you're a gutter like punk. you don't want to get dirty, so you, don't you want have your, a butt flap. And your butt flap sometimes advertises your favorite band, like Asuk. Yeah. Or rudimentary penai. As was popular in Kansas City. I mean, mine said this bike is a pipe bomb because mm. there was that good pop punk, folk punk, um, anarchist era of the early 2000s. Anyways. So you're making your tarot finish. deck. We got queer punk. tarot deck. It's how long did and it take then, you? Well, no, well, it took me... It took um, like seven years? It took like seven years, but I didn't work on it very much the first couple years. I went full force on like fifty cards the last two years. That's intense. Yeah, each, I was crazy. Each I'm a portrait, Gemini. That's and Venus and Aries. Oh, your Venus is in Aries. I know. Get that shit. But no. So it was queer punks. This vision was like, let's do queer punks. Let's you know, um, or let's do you know, like our, our all the freaks, the freaks and art and people and weird people and different. And then it was like, all right, well, let's be very inclusive about culture and blah 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 and so then it's like if you're doing this project that's like a tradition and but then you're it's also kind of like in the tradition of like mother peace and goddess deck like you're representing all these identities um you kind you just have to be conscious of like who you're representing and like it's like it's easy to just you know based on like who my friends are and like my life it was like there was a point where it was like all right there's lots of like early 30 or or like people who look like they're between like late 40s mid 20s you know how weirdos all look the same age and so um femmes like there's just so many because it's my life and it's like my 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 friends and then like there's another point i was like all right well let me ask this one person i was like why have i asked five butches that are all the same height and have the same haircut and like all the same ethnicity you know so it was like kind of this thing that it's like if you're gonna do these representations of people it's like you know and of course there's a lot of people that might look similar there's i'm not representing everybody i'm not representing every you know like identity every struggle every experience because um i just feel like you can't you can't really do that in 78 cards um and you know of course there's and it's also like i'm drawing people i know like that was a big part to like not go out of my way to be like doing a call out for people of like so and so demographic like it's weird to like feel like you're like yeah not wanting to tokenize people but also wanting to- and i think that feels token unless yeah. if you're like doing a film or do i don't know i just i just feel like my art has always been a memoir, and even though this is not, like, it still is a little. Cause it's, it's a memoir of your community. Yeah, it's like, I, I really just wanted to stick to drawing my community because, like, that is, like, a, a parameter that, like, I understand and I can work with. But, yeah, there was a moment of, like, everybody's too young. I need to ask, like, older folks. I need to ask children. Or, like, there's no children. And, like, you know, and it was like, oh, i got to call up my fucking mom friends. Got to, like find those children i saw some senior citizens yeah some older folks some grandparents and call up some people i was like i asked my my bandmate like would your grandma because she just kept talking about her grandma and i'm like can i just draw her in my deck and like it was just kind of um and she was so stoked she's she's like can i be nude 
No, she she wanted her crafts to be in the in the drawing. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. What are her crafts? She does like jewelry and like bead bead stuff and like floral stuff. Grandmas and, love beads. Yeah, like is it bead stuff? Well, she's awesome. What what card is that? Um, it is the Eight of Pentacles. Sorry, I forget. Sometimes I forget titles the way of every band song titles card names will you tell movie me movie names what's your band called now my band is called choked up i remember that name what's the best way people can support your band if they want to listen to it if they want to support you if they want to listen to punk for the first time they can find us on the world wide web um we're on instagram at choked up nyc and we're on Spotify and SoundCloud and Bandcamp, chokedup.bandcamp.com. Is Bandcamp how you um, get the most money? Um, yeah. Bandcamp is how we get the most money. And you can buy it. We, we just recorded an LP with Mass Giorgini, who did all the pop punk records in the 90s. You might know him. You might have listened to his albums. I probably did. Um, yeah, you did. Um, but no, he's awesome. We're so excited. We were like, we need to work with the king of three-part harmonies. And, like, we're so, you know, it's like we're excited about what we wrote. I write all the songs in my room crying. And then when I take them to practice, like, everybody just brings such a magical thing because they're all into, like, different kinds of music. Two of them are really into emo. So then we get, like, they, like, do this fancy shit that's, like, post, you know, like, post Y2K pop punk that is, like, way fancier. Like, I don't write songs like that. I write, like, you know, I write some Me and Potatoes verse chorus verse and like but yeah they input this like really beautiful like element that is from that era that i know nothing about like i've never heard fallout boy i've only heard one my chemical romance song I mean, I've never heard but i hear it and i'm like this is a rock opera you're like thank but you I'm, for- like, I'm fine i have american idiot i don't need anything else they turned your pain into a rock opera what art has influenced you or currently influences you this is a listener question um, do you have a favorite cartoonist of all time or illustrator? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm so, uh, illustrate. I love, so I love, I love, always loved like Frida Kahlo and Coop, mm. like together, together at last. And then Ren and Stimpy happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, so the three of them, like John Chris Felusi, super weird. And Spumco, like Spumco mm-hmm, cartoons, mm-hmm. plus Frida Kahlo. Mm-hmm. And I, I love Coop and Adrian Tomine. And mm-hmm. I love Nicole George's. Her work is so awesome. Thank you so much. I love Christy um, Road. Yeah, Nicole George's, it's like I love that. Um, it's like just this more stylized but still anatomy, and I love that. And I, I used to do that, but it's it's hard. And then now when I don't do like anatomical, like my Christy Road drawings, I do um, these things that look like Spumco. Some, it's my it's my my future. Something I I forget that I should tell people is, I think we had a conversation once where you were saying you love drawing machines and you wish I you do, never I had to draw love. humans. And I hate drawing machines. Really? When and did I, I say that? Or that you, was you probably hate, in like two thousand two. Maybe you said you hated drawing animals, but you oh, love I drawing machines. Drawing, I hate drawing animals, but I, I hate drawing machines. And I love drawing. Yeah, animals. you you are the animal queen, also. Yeah, furry animals, please. Take it away from me. It's weird. It's like I win. 
So um, I also forgot to say earlier how I've been working as a freelance illustrator my whole life. Mm -hmm. I'm a Gemini. I change the subject all the time. Um, but before when we were talking about cocktailing, mm -hmm. um, that that life, that grind stopped with freelance illustration. And that is kind of all I've been doing for the last two years, I guess, Free is drawing and projects. But um, when people hire me, I um just, I charge more for furry animals. Really? Because I don't want to do them. Why I sometimes I even say call Nicole. Why do you want me to do this? But I'm like if you want me to do a furry animal, it will look like rat fink. And then they don't <laughs> want that. Like they don't want rat fink, but they let me do it anyway. And like I've had a few successful furry animals. There's uh, there's a band called um 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 Winter Wolf who I did a wolf logo for that mm. I love. I'm proud of it. And every now and then they let me draw, like, a furry animal that's, like, all fucked up with, like, eyeballs sticking out. And But, you know, ask me to draw, like, some punks kissing in the in the alley. And with, like, and ask, you know, I'm excited to experiment with lighting. Ooh. That's something I never fucking do. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Just not furry animals. I don't need to, like, get into that right now. I let's let's uh, this is a good Sorry. trade if people want me to draw like a machine gun or a lawnmower oh, yeah, or a guitar machines. car guitars I love drawing guitars it's just so like angular it's so I like just, 90 degree angles everywhere I can't fit all the strings when I try to draw a guitar I'm like six strings on this tiny you little use the zero zero five um point with a ruler it's a hard it's still so hard and uh, and forget me spacing them correctly just forget it unless it's like an eight and a half by 11 illustration if it's I like in it. a panel forget no but it. that's so this is another thing that i have embraced as a grown-up punk versus being younger versus trying to cultivate myself is when i was younger i was messier with every with my art you just see it all it's all messy perspective is a mess but mm -hmm. there's like this really be there's beauty to it and i'm i love it like i look at my fucking weird ass perspective and i'm like what a freak but that's cool and then when i started learning that and i started fixing it i like didn't know where to go because i was still uh, like a like my my brain and my soul were still trying to make messy weird art and so the way that it's grown and it's like evolved into like something i'm super proud of is like not caring that much, but caring a little. So it looks, it's like, oh yeah, the lines are really straight because this bitch is using a ruler. But the spacing is off. The spacing's always off, but it doesn't matter. Nobody notices. Because it still looks really cool. Yeah. And like, like I love the contrast of like thick outlines with um, thin oh, textures. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, we both do that in our art and like, it's like sometimes you don't even need the gray wash because the textures are just so much. Mm. I love making everything look like it's covered in sand. Is, <laughs> is that what your dots are? Yes. No, they're just, they're human mess. Like if you see my arm, it's like there's these tiny, tiny, there's pores, there's hair. And you can't really see it unless you look really, really close. But I think that like when I was um, younger and like trying to draw humans in their rawest way, like drawing the hair and drawing the dirt and even drawing humans that were actually dirty at the mm -hmm. time um, was a big part of what I was doing. And then it kind of just became um, depth. Like it became mm. the depth to all of my art and like, and it'll be like, why is there, you know, pimples and hair on the overalls, not just on the skin? And it's just because that's just Christy Road. And that's another thing where 
people have in the past have asked to take that off entirely because it's I, the human doesn't look as pretty. Do you say and, fuck off? Well, when I've done it, it just looks so bad. And it's like hire somebody that does that. And there's so yeah. many artists that do that now because of like the tablet and the like you can just fucking get your tablet and outline a picture in 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 your on your tablet. And then you have this outline of a mm. human as perfect mm. and it's plain and it's not it's not like the kind of art that I'm into, but a lot of people are into it and People can get clean outlines of humans without fucking hiring me, but if they want to hire you, they're gonna get depth. Yeah, they're gonna hire get dirt. me for me. If you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline nine seven one three six one nine 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 eight. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. Listener question. Dear Christy, what are your thoughts on growing up a Cuban queer weirdo in Miami? Signed, Mystified in Miami. They're speaking of punk being kind of like this um, this place where all these people and places cross over. In Miami especially, um, there was there was this like really cool rockabilly girl who would... She was... She was rad. Miami was full of all these Latinos. She was Brazilian. I won't say her name because I feel weird, but she was so fucking cool. I was really good friends with her cousin. Anyways, this woman, um, she she would just wear these rockabilly outfits, and she had like her her like Betty Page haircut, and she drove really nice cars. And she would come to all the pop punk shows. And she knew all the words to all the songs. She's like, Mr. T Experience, Groovy Ghoulies. And I'm just like, this is what Miami is about. Like, you know, um, it's just like, um, yeah, this really cool, like, um, like world where everybody of all these different identities and musical subcultures just is excited about whoever's in town because nobody will fucking go to Miami. So it was like the Groovy Ghoulies come to town. Everybody is going to go, even some dudes in Minor Threat shirts. Mm -hmm. And like, um, yeah, that was, I loved that about it. And like, um, but as far as queerness, I did not ever feel welcome in any of like women's spaces or like queer communities that seemed more like, like a couple of like queer people who or like gay men who were in like whatever theater club and then the lesbians that were in the in the softball team or yeah. and it was very like you know like this this like there I'm you know more power to them whatever queer people found their space to be queer and to have queer community I found a lot of the weird bi's the weird bisexuals were in the punk scene and goths and ravers and just freaks on drugs and so I would just hang out with the freaks on drugs and you know, like sex workers and just like people that were just like, we, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want and like live our lives and we're not going to judge each other. And that was really nice. But then at the end of the day, when they found out that you were maybe a dyke, it was like, don't sit next to her. She's going to think about your tits. She's going to touch your tit. Don't sit next to her. You know, it was yeah. just like super awkward. So I would stay in the closet and just like maybe come out to some of my friends. And I had some best friends who are still my friends and you know, they've always been there for me, and um, that's kind of always what I needed. It was, like, one person. And before that one person came around, or when that comfort came around, when I was able to, like, be out to, like, two or three of my friends, 
I was probably like 17 when I was telling people like I'm bi. Um, so before that, it was just like you know Green Day and Pansy Division and like these bands singing about um, gender and confusion and how it's okay and like um, so like like that's kind of all I needed. I'm a Gemini. Sometimes I don't need like a tangible thing. I just need like some kind of like um, metaphysical thing or, or truth. When did you feel totally comfortable coming out? Um, when I was well, it was it was um diff. I would come out slowly to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I would just come out slowly to my friends in a like I definitely like this girl. And then they would go, sometimes they would be like, oh, cool. Like, you know, and it was, or sometimes they were like, that's fine. That's totally fine. I don't fucking care. Like, you know, it was always awkward, but it was always fine after a couple minutes, after we smoke a bowl, like, I don't know, with straight friends. And then with queer friends, it was like, welcome to the family. Yeah, of course. Of course you want to go, go down on that girl. And like, you know, and it was very like, this like, this like. Oh god. This this feel this very secret, like gendered queerness that was like I didn't understand what it was, but it felt really good to like have um queer people in my life and um and then eventually when I was like twenty, like nineteen or twenty, I just found that like queer punk feminist community where people were like um like more more like respectful about it. Cause even in the punk scene when you they were like okay with the gays there was still gay jokes, there was still transphobia, there was still, like, racism that wasn't being dealt with, and so much misogyny. So it was like, you know, like, when am I going to find the political gays? You know, the ones I heard about in the fucking um, bikini cuisine. When am I going to find them? And then I found them. And when I just started looking for the activist punk communities and riding greyhounds and... Being like, I, you know, I was a very crazy Aaron Comet Bus fan, and I was like, I, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to, like, make art, write music, um, write zines, and travel, and be sad, and only be awake at night. And that is what I did. Um, we have to go eat brunch. All right. I'm really hungry also. So, But, yeah, um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on this beautiful show. Thanks for coming. I'm a huge fan. Oh, my God. Please come back. Thank you. Anytime. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton, with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.